Hey garden nerds, I have two big announcements before we get to today's episode. Both are coming in early 2022. First, over the holidays, I'll be developing and recording a brand new online course all about pest control. It will walk you through my step-by-step -step process for identifying, diagnosing, and finding solutions to your biggest pest problems. We'll start sharing more details about this exciting new course in mid-January, so stay tuned. Second, and this is kind of a big one, I wrote a novel, and it's called Garden Variety, and it's being published by William Morrow, an imprint of HarperCollins, in February 2022. It was set for publication in March but they moved it up to February, so you get it earlier. Here's a little bit about it. It's set in a community garden in Los Angeles and explores what happens when you put people of different stripes together in tight quarters. It's already available for pre-order anywhere books are sold, so search Garden Variety and my name, Christy Wilhelmi, that's W-I-L-H-E-L-M-I, on your favorite bookseller's website. More details to follow for upcoming events and book signings. Now, on with the show. It's the Garden Nerd Tip of the Week podcast, where we spend time chatting with expert gardening guests and we ask for their favorite tip. I'm Christy Wilhelmi. Thanks for joining me. Today is only the third time we've had a duplicate guest on the Garden Nerd Tip of the Week podcast. We're happy to welcome back Rishi Kumar, otherwise known as Farmer Rishi. He is a small-scale gardener and farmer, a sustainability educator, and consultant at Sarvadaya Institute, an LA-based urban farm and nursery that aims to bring communities together to nourish our common well-being and our planet. He's also the founder of Healing Gardens. Welcome back, Rishi. Thank you for having me, Christy. I'm, I'm uh, honored to, to be this duplicate guest today. <laughs> yeah. So there is obviously the last time we talked was in 2019. So it's been quite a while. And, and I see on your Instagram feed, there is a lot going on over at the Sarvadai Institute yeah. since we last talked. Uh, what do things look like over there right now? Uh, well, we're we're in a we're in a state of change and transition, which probably last time I talked to you, we were also <laughs> in a state of change and transition. Um, when we spoke last, um, we, our farm was moving in a new direction, and and that direction has stuck. And now, what we're doing is um, kind of building out a vision for mm -hmm. for that direction. So, what we've really we've developed significantly over the past two years, especially with our nursery. So we've, uh, you know, we've expanded our nursery almost probably three times the size as it was in 2019. We, uh, we built an 800 square foot greenhouse. We're currently in the process of building a second 800 square foot greenhouse. Wow. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a lot of work. Those, those things don't go up easily. <laughs> uh, Right, the pieces don't always fit together nicely, do they? Yeah, and, you know, we bought a kit too, but it's still like, you know, the kit has like 3,000 pieces in it, so it's not <laughs> unnecessarily like the easiest thing, but, but luckily we've, we've done it before. Um, yeah, so we, we've got this, green this greenhouse, um, we've expanded our team, that's probably, a, you know, one of the biggest changes. Um, there's now five people who are being paid to to work on the farm we have uh, myself we have a full-time farm manager we have another man uh, a farmer we have a beekeeper 
We have a community and events person. Um, and so we're trying to develop our space kind of like a, I might say like a community healing farm mm -hmm. where people can come, of course, learn about gardening and get, you know, tools and resources and plants to start their garden. Um, but also just be in the space and use the space as, you know, kind of the therapeutic wonderland that it is. Yeah. And so that's what we're, we're, we're working on this winter, actually, is we're, we're transforming uh, about half of the farm away from, you know, the row crop vegetable production that we've had for the last six years mm -hmm. and into more of like a edible, magical botanic garden where you're going to be able to come hang out with your friends, you know, pick a huge variety of fruit as you walk through. And then we're going to do workshops and events that are very, you know, plant and fruit and vegetable focused and herb. <laughs> that sounds really wonderful. I love that direction that you're headed in. And, and I think that is what the world needs right now. So uh, I applaud you for your efforts. Thank you. Thank you. Now, you recently shared, speaking of fruit and vegetable paradise, you recently shared on your Instagram a unique mango that mm -hmm. you grew from seed called the California Gold Mango. I'm assuming you gave it that name. Is that? I, yep, I gave it that name. How did that whole thing come about? Well, as you know, you know, most uh, most gardeners don't don't do a lot of planting of trees from seed because uh, when you plant a tree from seed, you get a completely new, unique fruit. You know, it's just like two people having a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, the kid is going to be unique, but maybe similar to the parents. And, and so most people don't do this because, you know, you don't know exactly what, what the fruit is going to end up like. Um, and also, you know, when you plant a tree from seed, it's going to take many, many more years than your nursery procured grafted tree yes um, like eight to ten years usually right yeah for like a lot of trees you're talking eight to ten years there are there's definitely some that are a little bit quicker but you know mangoes are about about eight to ten and it did take uh it took eight years for this tree and it's not really something I did like super on purpose mm -hmm. uh, my mom had actually started this you know this mango mango tree from seed and this is now you know 10 11 years back and you know everyone had told me every you know every class I had taken everything I learned about gardening was don't start trees from seed don't try to start trees from seed and my mom had started this tree from a, this mango tree from a seed it was in a one gallon pot and I was like no like I'm not gonna plant this I'm not waiting you know eight years to get fruit this is just and we don't even know if it's gonna be good and so I just neglected this tree. I, you know, I just left it in this pot. I forgot about it. I didn't water it. I would <laughs> not take care of it. And two years, you know, sitting in this pot, the tree was still alive through mm -hmm. all of my neglect. And then I decided at the end of two years, I was like, all right, you know, like, seems like you really, really want to live. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and, and plant you in the ground. And, and, you know, she was maybe foot and a half or two feet tall when I put her in the ground mm -hmm. and uh, waited eight years. <laughs> um, grew the tree. I mean, she grew really quickly and, you know, finally 
there was a, I think there was two or three years that it, she flowered. It looked like fruits were going to set and then they didn't. And then finally one year, about 30 fruits set and, and it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and then it was like, you know, then it got, I was looking at these, I was like, oh, this is serious. <laughs> this, yeah, this is like, this was not a waste of time. You know? mm -hmm. And um, how do they taste? They are unbelievable. Really? Oh my God, yeah. you lucked out. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what, you know, what kind of stars and planets align, but this, this fruit is really incredible. Um, I've, you know, I've spent a couple summers in India where I've had to, where I've gotten to try like a lot of, you know, uh, India has, India is the home of the mango and has the most varieties. And, and really, I feel like if you haven't had a mango in India, you haven't really had a mango, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and this fruit really, really is on that level. It's like one and a half pounds, it's good, big size, you know, pretty thin seed, very smooth, like, you know, almost completely fiberless. Uh, and then when you when you cut it open, the fragrance is like, it's it's very hard to describe. It's so rich, you know, it's floral, it's sweet. When I pick them off the tree, even like the sap has this like incredible fragrance. I think the sap actually like right when I right when the tree just like you know breaks from the branch, this fragrance comes out that's uh, just amazing. And uh, and color is this you know the color is the name California Gold. It's got this very like golden orange color um, and it's sweet. Uh, just everything about this mango is amazing. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. And you're cultivating cuttings from it right now. Yes, we, we are. So we have to we can't do cuttings, uh, but we we have to propagate mangoes from seed and then graft. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Onto those. So it's, it's a little bit of a process. Um, I did. I got a couple in this year and I keep promising people I'm going to do more and more. And I feel like next year, now that I have a lot of support on the farm, uh, we're going to make it a priority and, and make a lot more of these trees. Okay. So that is that you think in 2022 or in 2023? In 2022. In okay. 20, the plan right now is to start a buttload of seed of mango seedlings from seed in the spring and hopefully have them grafted by mid-year uh, so that we can uh, get, you know, have them for sale toward the, toward the fall, which, you know, it's pretty good, pretty good, decent, okay. decent time. I think that is gonna... ambitious and <laughs> come true. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I know there are probably a lot of people who will jump at the opportunity to grow a locally developed mango. That's awesome. Uh, so you have this, another thing you've, I've seen on your Instagram feed is that you have this alter ego <laughs> plant man. Yes. Uh, there are these great humorous videos where plant man dons and over uh, you know overalls a garden apron sunglasses and then delivers an important message or sometimes just bench presses some potted plants <laughs> <laughs> can you talk about plant man and why he is here yeah 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 um you know it's definitely like uh our an organizational response to social media and like figuring out a way to get our our message and our name out in the world mm -hmm. um, so my team we were thinking about like okay what can we do 
something that's going to catch people's eye and we can use as a that's going to be funny and we can use as like an educational outlet yeah. and also advertise what we do and so just I don't really don't even know how the outfit and the personality came about it was it just it was a mixture of like my influence the 90s television commercial influence that you know I grew up under mm-hmm. and uh, and just wanted to do something like really ridiculous uh-huh so so that's yeah that's plant man he's got some you know some really we've got like five episodes so far uh we try to do some we just try to be funny and ridiculous and uh talk about what we're doing at our farm and our organization encourage people to come to the nursery and uh, encourage people to start gardening you know so plant man's uh slogan is no garden too small no soil too poor <laughs> That's great. It's great. And I have to say, um, and I'm not taking credit for this in any way, but the the bit that when Plant Man puts on, you know, kind of pulls pulls open the shirt and puts on the apron and the hat and the <laughs> I'm like, it sure looks a lot like the beginning of garden nerd videos. <laughs> that's true, that's true, that's true. That You're is, thinking uh, on the same plane, is what I'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were we were going for like a you know, a Clark Kent Superman kind of thing. Yes. Gonna be making some more of those those style videos too awesome i totally approve and love it and think everyone should get on board with it because it's it's a lot of fun and there needs to be more fun in the world these days so yay (laughs) exactly yeah that's that's definitely part of the ethos too just you know uh, a lot of the work we're involved in organizationally can be kind of uh deep and heavy and so this is a way to bring some some lightness to the work too Right. And by contrast, you have some posts that are a little, you kind of went out on an edge uh, uh, this year. And, and yeah. for the last year or so, I'd say you've been doing this. Uh, what is the inspiration behind that? And what are you talking about out there in the world? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm talking about quite a bit. Um, there's just, for me, I think, you know, having been involved in this kind of like environmental gardening, you know, going to permaculture conferences and uh, these kind of things. And also seeing how some of those movements have uh, progressed or coalesced recently, mm-hmm. I felt the need to say something and to, to offer an alternate perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been doing, a, and these are, you know, these are things that have really um, affected me personally, I would say. So there's a lot of, a lot of messages that I feel like I've been told and that I, I hear repeated over and over again uh, in the environmental world, in the gardening world, in the, in the regenerative agriculture world that I was realizing that, you know, seeing a lot of these messages that I've, through my own personal healing process, um, and, you know, I've been I've been doing a lot, been going through a lot of, been going to therapy, you know, very regularly for the last couple of years. And, and just understanding that a lot of these messages that I internalized were really harmful to me. And I wanted to speak up so that, you know, people don't end up internalizing these messages themselves. Um, Give an example. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm like beating around the bush here. Yeah, I think I think the you know the main one is that I wrote a piece called Nature Does Not Exist, mm. um, which definitely got a lot of 
response and I don't know, went viral or spread over the internet quite a bit. And the way I, would, I, I even approach this when I'm talking to someone about it that's, I don't know, might find that phrase a little bit shocking is I, I say, okay, you know, close your eyes and imagine nature. And, you know, if, some, if, you, if whoever's listening right now wants to do this, um, maybe you can pause it right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, I've, what I find with most people is that when I say imagine nature, they're going to imagine forests and they're going to imagine rivers and they're going to imagine mountains and they're going to imagine animals and butterflies. And they're not going to imagine people. They're not going to imagine cities. They're not going to imagine, you know, uh, things that people build. Mm-hmm. Right? And so there's this idea that's kind of built into this concept of nature that there's a part of this planet that is nature that is the part of the, the planet that we aren't. Mm-hmm. You know? It's this part of it's the forest that humans haven't been to. It's the rivers that humans haven't touched. It's the oceans that, you know, we haven't traveled to. Um, and, you know, it's like a funny thing when you hear people, you know, kind of there's like a correlating message of like, oh, we need to get back to nature. Or like, you know, we're disconnected from nature. We're disconnected from the planet. And, and when I hear that, I'm kind of like, like, where did you wake up today? You know, because... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I woke up right here on earth, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I eat earth and I sleep earth and I am earth. Like, uh, I, I don't know where, where I, what I'm disconnected from or, you know, where you're waking up. Cause I'm waking up right here. Right. Uh, and so it's a, it's a different way of, of seeing the world where it's not so much that, you know, humanity is disconnected from nature and humanity is not part of nature. We need to get, you know, we have to go back to nature, go back to the land. That's, that's not really the way that I approach things anymore. My approach is more, okay, I am earth. Okay. What does that mean? Like, what does that mean for me? Like, why did earth put me here? Mm -hmm. What, what role do I have as an organism of this plant of this body? And what role do humans have as an organ of this body? And so I've, I've tried to shift my framing a lot from, you know, away from humans versus nature to more of this, like, I am a cell of this planet. Humanity is an organ of this planet, just like forests are an organ of this planet. And what does it mean to be that part of that organ, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and so... You know, there's a lot of uh, nuance and, and sometimes people don't really understand what I'm saying and people think I'm saying, oh, it's, you know, oh, okay, well, if nothing is, if everything is nature or nothing is nature, then you can just go spray pesticides like wherever you want to. And like, that's not what I'm saying. Not what I mean. <laughs> not what I mean. Yeah. yeah. What I'm saying is if this planet is my body, then I'm going to treat this planet like my body and I'm not going to, yeah. you know go randomly poisoning and killing things however you know in a body there's growth and death and there's you know there's parts of the body that actually will i don't know like kill or clean other parts of the body mm-hmm. so that's still there right uh, but it's just not like it's not willy-nilly <laughs> yeah this is going to use some of the phrasing that you're trying to get away from but i've 
I, I was at a Pachamama Alliance conference, uh, actually a course that I was taking called Awakening the Dreamer. And the, this person that I was in conversation with described this human to wilderness relationship as uh, being an illness. The way that we see ourselves right now as separate from nature is an illness. And then the sooner we get over that illness, the better it is for everything, <laughs> you know, yeah. the closer that, because you're right, we are not separate from nature. We're a really big influence here. So we yeah. might as well connect. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's all these, you know, there's all these beautiful examples when we look at indigenous cultures of how different indigenous cultures from around the world have kind of embodied this understanding. And then, you know, I was actually, I was just doing some writing, uh, writing something yesterday and thinking about this idea of like the seven wonders of the world and you know the seven wonders of the world that we've been taught as like human creation or like the pyramids and like I think there's some statues I don't even remember which what they are right yeah. I, I had them memorized at one point back in grade school but they're gone now <laughs> yeah and and uh and I was thinking about you know now with this new understanding like my seven wonders of the world are like the Amazon rainforest, which now we know is has significant human input. Uh, yeah. into its, right? The terra yeah. preta, uh, the yes, we know all about that. And then you know this other thing I've other recently, I think maybe a year ago, I found out that uh, the Everglades, which are like a third of the state of Florida, mm -hmm. uh, there is evidence that the land, like the physical land that make up the Everglades, was created through indigenous people of Florida planting trees, which were trapping silt as they came off the rivers. And so literally like a third of the state of Florida was created out of human influence. There you go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we could go on. I feel like we can talk like this for hours, but yeah. I want to, cause you're what this connection that you're talking about or being part of the, an or, you know, being an organ in the organism or the, the, in the system, in the ecosystem, uh, leads me to my next question, which is about the Healing Gardens program mm -hmm. that you have created. The last time we spoke, it was just getting off the ground. And now it's been a you know, couple of years. So how's it going? Yeah, so uh, last time we talked, we hadn't launched yet. We ended up launching probably like eight or nine months out after that. So. We've been actually up and running for a little over a year. And, you know, Healing Gardens, just to give, every, give everyone a little rundown, we're an online platform slash marketplace where gardeners such as yourself, Christy, gardeners listed on Healing Gardens um, can make their garden available to their community for events, for classes, as a venue space, um, just for like personal kind of day use kind of activities. Um, so, you know, we have, we have about 35 gardens on the platform right now. And every week we have, you know, we're hosting birthday parties. We're having classes and workshops, beekeeping. We have wine tastings. We have, you know, uh, we've had a couple of weddings. We've had proposals. We've had, we do photo shoots, video shoots, um, we facilitate, I should say. What we, we, what we do is we facilitate all of this happening at various gardens from, you know, small, like they, small gardens that can fit like four or five people 
up to the biggest garden we have is Arlington Gardens in Pasadena, mm -hmm. um, which is about two acres. Um, so we facilitate these gardens and these gardeners sharing their space with their community, making some money while they're doing that so that they can reinvest in the garden, plant more trees, make more compost, you know, grow more fruit. Um, so the idea is really to, in, you know, it's a way for us to support gardens, um, to have this kind of uh, therapeutic impact on the community and, and hopefully encourage more and more people to, to start gardening, you know? Yeah, the last visitors I had through Healing Gardens was, was they were, it was a couple who were interested in doing, developing their own urban homestead. They wanted to get chickens, they wanted to get bees, they wanted to have a garden. They were just, they had just bought a property and they were kind of just needing some inspiration and a place to go to be in it. And they wanted to journal and eat lunch. And so they came here and they sat at one of the tables we have and they journaled and ate lunch and they looked around and talked to our chickens. It was very cool. That's, that's, uh, that's such a great example of what we, what we want to see happen. Yeah. Um, so much of, of what it is, is about inspiration. And, and I, I, I'm, what really gets me excited about the idea is that it's getting people that maybe normally wouldn't be spending their time in gardens, you know, to just like, hey, especially with COVID, I think, you know, where we can't necessarily all be indoors all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great option for, a, you know, a birthday party in a beautiful space. And, you know, none of these gardens are just like, like a lawn surrounded by like, you know, five trees and a couple shrubs. Like these are really beautiful, intentionally created gardens that are, you know, even for me, when I, when I visit the gardens that I've, I've been to, uh, I'm picking up ideas and like, oh, you know, this is, this is something great that we can incorporate, you know, back at the farm. Yeah. Um, it's all about inspiration, really. Yeah. And we're, we're looking for more gardens. So if anyone out there listening who wants to sign up, you can head over to our website and sign up as a host. That's definitely been, uh, that part's been a little bit of a struggle. It's <laughs> the tech side, isn't it? It's crazy. <laughs> and that and that website is? Yeah, that website is healinggardens.co, healinggardens.co. Cool. Uh, now, before we started recording, you mentioned that you have been running a membership campaign of some kind? Yes, yes. Uh, so for, for the month of December, uh, we had a membership drive for Sarvodia Farms, the, you know, the nonprofit organization. And uh, we are trying to just build up kind of a financial base of support for our work. Um, you know, we have, uh, besides from the nursery, we have a farmer training program that trains uh, youth in maybe what you might call land stewardship um, we have a beekeeping program, we have online classes, we have in-person classes. So we have water, we have a big water bill. Oh my um, God, I can you know. only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> we have staff to pay. Um, so we're, we're just trying to build up support for that. So we have this membership program. Um, you can sign up for just $5 a month. That money goes towards supporting everything that we do. And you get some really cool perks. So as a, all members get access to an online monthly gardening lesson that we host and we change the topic every month. You can join it live via Zoom. You can watch the recording. 
We just launched this membership portal where you can access these gardening lessons and you can you know, start discussions with our community members. We post updates from the farm there. Uh, we also have a bunch of discounts with various kind of uh, aligned businesses on their products and services. Uh, if you're at the $10 a month level, there's also a free class for you one Saturday every month on the farm in-person class. And then there's, you know, there's a bunch of other cool benefits. So if you're just looking for like some regular ongoing support with your gardening, it's a great option. You can send it as a gift. So please sign up. We're trying to, we're trying to get 300 mem new members during the month of December. We didn't quite hit our goal. So we're, we're keeping, you know, we're keeping the push going this month. All right. Well, we'll put a link to that in our uh, in our show notes, as they call it. I say in the blog post that goes along with this, but show notes is a lot catchier, I guess. <laughs> uh, what is tip time? Do you have a favorite tip you'd like to share with the garden nerd audience? Yes, I have a favorite tip. Um, I've you know, as an urban gardener and just working with you know a lot of people who are uh, new to gardening or like just getting started. Um, composting is like a really, I feel like people get stuck on it and find it really difficult and challenging. And I've figured out this method that even I use for myself, which costs a little bit of money, but very, very little and works really well. Do tell. So I'm going to just share this. So you can get any kind of container, you know, like a, a trash can or a big pot or, or anything, you know, just any kind of, any big tote or something drill holes in the bottom and then all you need to buy is a is a bag of like you know the cheapest bag compost that you can find at your nursery or hardware store and all I do now is I just layer my food scraps with some of that bag compost food scraps bag compost uh, you really don't need to do anything else you can maybe add some water every once in a while and like one bag of compost is lasting me like six, seven months doing this, you know? So it's like $7 to compost my food scraps for seven months. Cool. And basically the, uh, the compost you're getting in, in the bags is not really, as you know, finished. Right. It's still too carbonous. So you're adding, uh, but it's mostly broken down and then you're adding a lot of nitrogenous food scraps. And that little mix together is a very instant formula. And you get really nice finished compost with very little work uh, in a small space. So it's, it's a good little tip. That is a good tip. Thank you so much, Rishi, for being here, uh, my third repeat guest, and for, uh, for sharing that awesome tip. Uh, where should people go to find you? Yes, thank you for having me. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Farmer Rishi. You can check out Sarvodia Farms. Our website is sarvodiafarms.com. We also have an Instagram at Sarvodia Farms. And then Healing Gardens is healinggardens.co. And it's the same for the Instagram. You can also text me. <laughs> I have a phone number that I communicate with my fans with. And it's 310-359-1506. It's just texting, but you can text me anytime. And I send out uh, announcements and updates through that list too. 
Wow. Okay. I, you know, I've had a couple of guests give out their phone number on the podcast. I don't write it in the show notes because we don't want that out there unless you are okay with that. But we'll, it's, um, no, this, is, this is actually like a, it's not a, my personal phone number. It's a service I use. So service. You can, okay. You can, put it, you can put it all publicly. Awesome. All right, garden nerds, you heard it right here. You'll find links to Sarvadaya Institute and farm at gardennerd.com this week. We'll also share Rishi's Instagram feed so you can see plant man in action. Uh, and I'm also going to post a link to the healing garden so you can go and see all of the gardens that are available for you to visit if you live where they are. That's it for this week. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen. Visit us for tons of free gardening information at gardennerd.com. Show your support for this podcast and the other free stuff on Garden Nerd by becoming a Patreon subscriber. You'll find us on Instagram and Twitter under gardennerd1, on Facebook as gardennerd.com, and of course, our Garden Nerd YouTube channel. Happy gardening! <laughs>